and Prastava begot a son named Vibhu through his wife Niyusa. In the womb of his wife Rati, Vibhu begot the son named Prutusena. Prutusena begot a son named Nakta in the womb of his wife named Akuti. Nakta's wife was Druti, <coughs> and from her womb the great king Gaya was born. Gaya was very famous and pious. He was best of saintly kings. Lord Vishnu and his expansions who are meant to protect the universe are always situated in the transcendental mode of goodness known as Visuddha Sattva. Being the direct expansion of Lord Vishnu, King Gaya was also situated in the Visuddha Sattva. Because of this, Maharaj Gaya was fully equipped with the transcendental knowledge. Therefore, he was called Mahapurusha. Purport by His Divine Grace, Yesi Bhaktivedanta Swami, Shila Prabhupada Ki Jai. From this verse, it appears that the incarnations of the God are various. Some are part and parcel of the direct expansions and some are direct expansions of Lord Vishnu. A direct incarnation of Supreme Lord uh, of Godhead is called Amsa or Swamsa, whereas an incarnation from Amsa is called Kala. Among the Kalas, there are the Vibhinnamsas, Vibhinnamsa Jivas are living entities. They are counted among the Jiva Tattvas. Those who come directly from Lord Vishnu are called Vishnu Tattva and are sometimes designated as Mahapurusha. Another name for Krishna is Mahapurusha and a devotee is sometimes called Mahapurusika. So I will chant Mangalacharan and then we will discuss. Om Jnanati Mirandasya Jnananjana Salakaya Chakshuruvan Militam Yena Tasmai Shri Gurave Namaha Shri Chaitanya Manobhishtam Stapitam Yena Bhutale Swayam Rupa Kadamayam Dadati Swapadantikam Pandeham Shri Gurum Shri Yuta Padakamalam, Shri Guru Vaishnavamsha, Shri Rupam Sagrajatam, Sahagana Ragunatam Tvitam Tam Sajivam, Sadvaitam Savadutam, Parijana Sahitam, Krishna Chaitanya Devam, Shri Radha Krishna Padam, Sahagana Lalita Shri Vishakan Vitamscha Namavom Vishnu Padaya Krishna Prestaya Bhutale Shri Mate Bhakti Vedanta Swami Nitinamine Namaste Saraswati Deve Gauravani Pracharine Nirvishesha Sunyavadi Pasatya Desatarine Namo Mahavadanyaya Krishna Prema Pradayate Krishnaya Krishna Chaitanya Namine Gauratvise Namaha Ye Krishna Karuna Sindhu 
दीन बंधु जगतपते गोपेशा गोपिका कांता राधा कांता नमोस्तुते तप्त कांचन गौरांगी राधे वृंदावनेश्वरी वृषभानुसुते देवी प्रणमा हरि प्रिये वाचाकुभ्य कृपा सिंधुभ्य पतिता पावनेभ्यो वैष्णवेभ्यो नमो नमः जय श्री कृष्ण चैतन्य प्रभु निनंद श्रीअद्वैता गदाधार श्रीवासादिगौरभक्तवृंद हरे कृष्णा हरे कृष्णा 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 हरे 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 रामो हरे रामो राम रामो हरे हरे so here in this verse text number 6 of 15th chapter of 5th canto um, sukadev so goswami is discussing about the descendants of king priyamrata so when we look at mahabharata or ramayana or for that matter even shrimad bhagavatam also they are considered as the puranas puranas are nothing but like in hindi we call it as a word as a purana purana means old so the purana is nothing but the the old that is happened in the previous times the history of a different different people especially shrimad bhagavatam talks about people those who are devotees of lord krishna and as well as krishna's past times also so the here we see the priyamrata is being a devotee of krishna but at the same time he is ruling the kingdom also as a kshatriya he is doing his duty but as a vaishnava again he is a pure devotee of krishna so it becomes important to discuss not only about the pure devotee but even about their family members it's uh, it's a wonderful uh, pastime that uh, once sri ramanujacharya is a disciple is a kurish and uh, the king of kanchipuram at the time they were ruling the the entire area of tamil nadu he is the king of kanchipuram he is the follower of lord shiva so he is the saivis saiva he follows saivism whereas ramanujacharya he is follow he is a vaishnava he is following the vaishnavism so vaishnavas and saivas so he the king do not like people following vaishnavism so he wanted to punish ramanujacharya so he orders his soldier to go and bring ramanujacharya and his guru so then so ramanujacharya ramanujacharya so then what happens his disciple kuresh he takes the form of ramanujacharya even though he is a grosta 
and he requests Ramanujacharya to wear white clothes and then escape from Sri Rangam. And then his disciple Kuresh, he wears the saffron clothes and then he goes in front of them that I am Ramanujacharya. And as well as his guru, both of them. And then King, after discussions with them, since he is feeling enmity with Ramanujacharya, and he wanted to kill them, but then he did not kill them because when Ramanujacharya is a small boy, that time the king's sister, she was possessed by a ghost, and the ghost tells the king, or the ghost tells the people, those who are, they are trying to bring so many people who are the exhausts who can take out the ghost from this body. So nobody could able to control the ghost, so which is within the body of the king's uh, sister. The ghost tells them that, go and bring Ramanujacharya, then only I can leave this body. So Ramanujacharya has been called and then the ghost the finally, according to the Ramanujacharya's instructions, leaves the body because the ghost wants to take darshan of Ramanujacharya. So the king tells to Kuresh, I mean, who is acting like a Ramanujacharya, since you saved my sister, I am leaving you, I am not killing you. So what does he do? He takes out their eyes with hot iron rods, poke into their eyes and take out the eyes from the sockets, eye sockets of both uh, Kuresh and as well as Ramanujacharya's uh, guru. So then uh, they leave them in the forest in, uh, next to the kingdom. So Ramanujacharya guru is already very old and then he tells the Kuresh that I cannot bear this pain. I'm leaving my body. So please make my samadhi here only. Uh, do the final rites here only and do not worry about taking my body to Sri Ranga. So he leaves his body there and then somehow Ramanujacharya disciples they find Kuresh who was roaming in the forest. So Ramanujacharya he brings Kuresh to Kuresh very hmm, Dear to Kuresh is the Vardaraj. Vardaraj is the deity in Kanchipura. Lord Vishnu, he appeared as a Vardaraj there. And he has been worshipped even as on today. So then when Ramanujacharya takes Kuresh to Vardaraj and then asks and instructs or orders Kuresh to ask for his eyes back from Vardaraj. The Kuresh goes to the deity, but he never asks for his eyes. He always asks different, different things. Ramanacharya is keep asking, telling Kuresh again and again, please ask for, uh, for your eyes. The Kuresh asks one thing to Vardaraja. He asks around three, four benedictions, three benedictions. I'm not discussing all of them. So one of the benedictions he asks is that, I should leave my body before my spiritual master. 
So when he comes out, Vardaraj says yes. And then when he comes out, Ramanacharya asks him, "What did you ask? Did you ask the for your eyes?" He says, "No, I asked for me to go back to the spiritual world before you leave this planet." Ramanacharya he gets so frustrated. He asks, "Why did you do that?" So then the Kureshi tells that I heard, according to the scriptures, that when a Vaishnava is coming to Vaikuntha, the all the Vaishnavas in the Vaikuntha they wait in on the doorsteps to invite the Vaishnava who is coming to Vaikuntha. So I want to be there to invite my guru. I don't want my guru to invite for me. I want to be there and invite my guru to come to Vaikuntha. So when Kuresh asked this benediction to Vardaraj that I want to go to Vaikuntha, the Vardaraj he tells Kuresh, not only you, whoever is related to you, they all go to Vaikuntha. Whoever is having a relationship with you. So when Kuresh tells these words, Ramanacharya he keep dancing in ecstasy. As the devotees ask Ramanacharya, "Why are you dancing?" Ramanacharya he explains that whoever is related to Kuresh, they are going to go to the uh, Vaikuntha. Since I am related to Kuresh as his guru, even though I may not have the qualification. I am also given a chance to go to Vaikuntha, according to Lord Vardaraj. So we see here, I mean, this is just understanding moral from that, from lessons from this is that. That is the uh, one way if you go to see. It is the humbleness of Sri Ramanujacharya. But at the same time, we see. As Vardaraj is mentioning, anybody who is related to Vaishnava, they all go to uh, Vaikuntha planets. So the same way here we can see that anybody who is related to the Vaishnava, and they are all become important. Just like when we are discussing Bhagavad Gita, especially the first chapters, many many verses. Arjuna Duryodhan is discussing about different different people. He talks about who are all fighting on the side of Kauravas, who are fighting on the side of Pandavas. He, even Duryodhan he goes to the level where he discusses about uh, the names of the people also, and they, they are not in anywhere related to. Uh, they are not anywhere close to the devotees or something like that. Even some of them are inimical, like Duryodhan. But then somebody asks Sri Lopapada, "Why did Duryodhan discuss about all these things?" Again, the same point. It comes to be those who are all in the presence of Krishna. We are not really Bhagavad Gita is not discussing about right from the uh, chapter one, text one. It is not talking about Krishna started instructing to Arjuna or. Arjuna is asking questions, or Arjuna is talking to Krishna. No, it is starts with Dhrashtra Vacha, Dharma Kshetra, Kuru Kshetra, Samaveta, Yuyutsavaha. It it starts from there, and then uh, Duryodhan explaining about different different names. 
Why? Because they are all in the association of Krishna. They are all in the presence of Krishna. And they are all becoming important. And they are all somehow or other, because it is a family war related to Pandavas, that has become as important. They are all becoming important to discuss. Because they are the related to, they are related to the devotees, few devotees of Krishna, the Pandavas. Same thing here we can see, since these people are related to Krishna, related to, sorry, Priyavrata, their sons and their sons and their sons, so it has become prime important to discuss <coughs> about these people. And then after discussing all of that, then at one point of time, Sukadeva Goswami starts talking about the king, Gaya. And one way he talks about King Gaya is uh, as a normal king. In another way he talks about the King Gaya is expansion of Lord Vishnu. <coughs> Just like we, we can see Bharat Maharaj. I'm sorry, uh, King Rishabdev. King Rishabdev or King Prithu. We can see. So this, uh, one way we talk about them as they are the uh, kings and they are the ruling, but at the same time, they are also considered as the expansions of Lord Vishnu to re-establish their religion. I mean, it's not that they were, there is some bad things happening, but then it's Krishna's desire. Sometimes he would like to expand and come and then take care of the affairs, normal affairs in the kingdom. That's where Srimad Bhagavatam explains that Krishna's expansions are unlimited, just like waves in the ocean. So many of them are there. And then here he talks about how the king Gaya, this saintly king, how uh, his characters that he's talking about, some of them he's talking about. Actually, in the next verse he talks about the entire character. It's so huge. Um, the verse itself is very huge. And translation, it goes on so much, so much so, talks about, uh, is uh, explaining about his entire characters, so many of them. So here he talks about, Gaya was a famous and pious and he was the best of saintly kings. This is another point which we can see, the best of the saintly kings. So even though we talk about, as Krishna tells in Bhagavad Gita, this knowledge of Bhagavad Gita is lost and that's so he is giving this knowledge to the kings. He is giving this knowledge to Arjuna. So there are two types of saintly persons. One is known as the Brahmarshis, who are the Brahmanas and they become Rishis. They are called as the Brahmarshis. And similarly there is another person who is known as the Rajarshi who is the king, but at the same time, they act, they are like a rishis actually. So they are known as the Rajashis. So, uh, essentially the Bhagavad Gita, because the Krishna gave this knowledge to Manu, and Manu gave to Ikshvaku, like this, it's coming in the kingly order. Amongst the Rajashis it has come. But then it appeared to be broken, so Krishna is again giving this knowledge. So it does not mean that Bhagavad Gita was not present when Krishna is giving this knowledge. 
it is present amongst the brahmarshis it is there as such so only amongst the kings it has been broken so krishna is trying to give this knowledge back to arjuna so these are the two types of kings like brahmarshis and as well as rajarshis even when king kaushik later he later on he has become as a king vishwamitra he wanted to become like king vashishta so even though he is a king he wanted to become like a vashishta muni so he left his kingdom and he started practicing spirituality and he started practicing brahmanical activities but vashishta never accepted him as a brahmarshi he always used to call him as a rajarshi abhishwamitra went through so many troubles menaka came and then again next some other came and then he was angry and he gave curse to her and so he lost all his power so many things happened but then when vishwamitra could finally control his anger control his senses and that's the time uh, vashishta muni called him as a brahmarshi so that is the which he talks about here saintly kings is nothing but this rajarshi even though he is ruling the kingdom but at the same time they are the pure devotees and they follow varnashrama dharma this is normally varnashrama dharma is the one where all the varnas they are trying to follow their dharma and uh, necessary not necessarily they are the devotees of krishna but they are following their dharma perfectly as propod talks about these instructions very nicely on february 14th i think it's in 1972 or some sometime in mayapur the propod talks about in that the propod says very oh, wonderful way. Uh, he talks about like in our society we are trying to create i mean devotees are asking questions and proper is answering these questions and in our society there are many sanyasis uh, but then the sanyasis are brahmanas and then there is a fall down they are falling back to their position because they are not qualified to become like a brahmana so propose says that at least they should be remain as the shudras only instead of becoming a brahmana they should remain as a shudra and perform their activity and as remaining shudra and if they perform their activity as a shudra itself and that itself is a perfection it is not that according to varnashrama dharma only brahmanas or kshatriyas are going back to the spiritual world no even shudra can go back to spiritual just performing their duty perfectly instead of becoming a brahman and falling down instead of that if shudra performs their duty perfectly they themselves can go back to the spiritual world so the varna and the ashrama these four varnas brahmana kshatriya vaishya shudra if they perform their activity and one way this is a harmonious within the society society can run smoothly and nicely and everybody remains happy 
and at the same time they are satisfying Lord Vishnu that way they go back to the spiritual world but what Prabhupada introduced is known as the Daivi Varnashram being in the devotee of Krishna and then understanding our Svobhav and they want to act according to that Svobhav so that's what here he talks about here in this verse that uh, the saintly king and they are doing their duty but being situated in the devotional, in the spiritual level and they are able to perform their duties and at the same time perform their duty as the uh, devotee as being a devotee and, and at the same time he is a householder so he is taking care of his Varna as a king and he is taking care of his Ashrama as a Grihastha and at the same time he is taking care of his uh, spiritual life by practicing spirituality as such that everybody has to do it and that's where Prabhupada calls that as a Daivi Varna Ashrama Dharma and uh, here and another point talks about this Lord Vishnu and his expansions who are meant to protect the universe are always situated in the transcendental mode of goodness known as Visuddha Sattva so one way if you go to see we as practicing devotees we are trying to transcend these modes of material nature so we call ourselves as the if if we are situated in any one of the modes of material nature then it is difficult for one to become a devotee but out of these three if one becomes situated one is situated in Suddha Sattva then there is a chance that one can become a devotee but if one continues to follow Suddha Sattva then they get again bound by Suddha Sattva itself in a sense if somebody is in mode of goodness and then if they continue to follow in the mode of goodness then that will bind them because we are thinking that yes we are in mode of goodness an example is given the Brahmana all the time he performs his uh, Sandhya Vandana on time perfect on time one day it happened that he was tired and he was sleeping and it has become noon now he has to perform his Sanjaya Vandana he has to perform his Gayatri in the noon time then Kali Purusha Kali Purusha Kali personified he came in the form of a human being and then wakes him up and he tells him please do your duty you have to do your Sanjaya Vandana Gayatri you need to chant the Brahmana is surprised and then asks him, who are you? Then he says, I am Kali Purusha. And Brahmana is more surprised, how, how is that you come as a... Uh, you Kali Purusha yourself, for you, it will be more nice that people are degraded. But then why you are inducing me in... Why you are trying to put me back into this thing, even though I have forgotten. And Kali Purusha says, because you have so much pride in doing what you are doing it. So that itself is a degradation. So you be in that level, so if you continue be in Suddha Sattva, 
and if you think that you are doing much much better in suddha sattva and you are pride about if you have a pride about what you are doing that itself is a degradation so that is the problem with uh, uh, three modes that's where krishna tells arjuna nistraigunya uh, bhavarjuna traigunya vishaya veda nistraigunya bhavarjuna one should uh, raise about these three modes so as a devotee one should be situated not in suddha sattva but visuddha sattva pure goodness one should be situated in visuddha sattva suddha sattva actually prabhupada says that suddha sattva not only visuddha uh, sattva but here king gaya he is situated in visuddha sattva it is even higher than that he is transcend these three modes as a transcendental mode of goodness and then of course it talks about since he is the direct expansion of lord vishnu king gaya was also situated in the visuddha sattva because of this maharaj was fully equipped with the transcendental knowledge mm-hmm. therefore he is called as mahapurusha when they have these qualities and they are known as the mahapurusha and then proper gives explanation about the different different expansions of uh, krishna Um, what are the different expansions there come i am not going into those details so i will stop here and then see if anybody is having any questions or comments hare krishna hare krishna prabhu hare krishna mahesh prabhu hare krishna it was very nice to learn from you this uh, bhagavatam it is my fortune that we are in association with you at least uh, through the bhagavatam preaching so prabhu ji that uh, in this parampara uh, there are uh, sons like prastava um, mm-hmm. uh, also the prasusena so why they uh, they are also mahapurusha why they don't become mahapurusha can only gaya become mahapurush <clears throat> so it is like um, um since we are all coming from bharatvarsha and india is been occupied by so many uh, external forces not belongs to india and they try to rule and then we trying to fight with them and then and bring them back bring back our freedom or bring back to the condition where we can rule ourselves instead of third parties coming and ruling us some other person in in the in the fighting in the revolution or in the fighting there are so many of them who fought it will become so difficult to keep explaining about each and every person is it not that they are not important they are all important but then what happens is that we try to pick up who are extraordinary and then we can try to talk about them so that that will give us the inspiration and it, it it does not mean that we are demeaning others it doesn't mean that we are talking about those who are exalted personalities who fought for freedom like to give some of the few examples we talk about subhash chandra bose we talk about uh, chandrashekhar rajad we talk about bhagat singh we talk about this is so many jansi rani we talk about these people who are shown extraordinary uh, valor 
and the fighting spirit to fight the British or to fight uh, Mughals, whatever. We, we talk about these things. So that way, that will give us inspiration. Otherwise, if Srimad Bhagavatam has to explain of each and every Mahapurusha or each and every person who is uh, the uh, pure devotees of Krishna, uh, that it becomes, instead of 18 volumes, uh, it will become as much bigger, much bigger text. So, Sukadeva Goswami is speaking up who are uh, much uh, important to discuss for us and at the same time inspirational for all of us to discuss. Because if you go to see, uh, even in the uh, parampara, of, uh, seminal parampara of Lord Ram, Lord Ram is born to King Dasharath, but we call it as Ragukula. Because there is a one king who is known as Ragu, and who is Ikshvaku Vamsa, who is uh, the king. And because that person is a pure devotee, and that's where the Lord Ram is known as the Ikshvaku Kula, or Ikshvaku Vamsa, or Ragukula, Ragu Vamsa. Same thing is with Krishna, with Yadukula, Yadu Vamsa. Because there is a king who is known as a Yadu. And to him, in his uh, seminal parampara, Krishna is born. So it does not mean that others are not important. Others are also important. But and the, the glory of that person is much, much bigger and higher, which can cover up all other glories. That's where we discuss about them. So, um, again, the same if you understand in ISKCON level, it is uh, not that only Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati or Bhaktivinoda Thakur and only Srila Prabhupada are the highest of all the people in the entire parampara. No, it's not like that. Everybody is having their own glories. But we try to discuss some of them which can uh, give us the inspiration and which we are very closely connected at this point of time. So with them we discuss, about them we talk about. The same way, Sukadeva Goswami is explaining about King Gaya. It does not mean that others are uh, uh, less in their qualification or things like that. And another point is that since King Gaya is the expansion of Lord Vishnu himself, that's where he is talking about his qualities more. Hope that... Uh, uh, give some understanding to Yeah, thank you for nice explanation. The other question I have that um, it is uh, the uh, so what is the significance? Why the the in the Ramanuja uh, the, the the question I have is that why well, it is uh, good to that your devotee goes first to the uh, Vaikuntha before your guru. Like as you gave the example of Ramanujarja, their devotee, he went to Vaikuntha to invite his guru. So what is the significance of that? Significance, a disciple, he feels that he do not want his guru wait for him and then stand there to invite him. He do not want that thing to happen for him. Instead of that, he says that I will wait for you and I will invite you to the Vaikuntha. I do not want my Guru to wait for me 
and then stand at the doorsteps in waiting so that uh, he can invite me when I am coming. I do not want that thing to happen to my Guru. Normally it is like disciples who wait for Guru when the Guru is coming to like in, in his con we can see Guru is traveling. When he comes to the temple the disciples they wait and they keep uh, uh, singing Hare Krishna Mantra and then wait in the temple and then when the Guru comes and they offer the garland and the fall at their feet and that's how they invite them into the temples. But if the same thing, if the disciple is coming and the Guru is waiting for the disciple to come at the temple doorsteps and then when the disciple comes and Guru is offering garland and all, that is, it is becomes more uh, embarrassment for the disciple. So, Kuresh is talking in that line that I do not want my Guru to wait for me at the doorsteps and then you know, offer garland, whatever, for the Vaishnavas who are entering into Vaikuntha. So instead of that, I want to wait for you and invite you into the Vaikuntha. Hmm? that okay, Prabhu? Yes. Thank you, Prabhu. Hari Thank you. Hare Krishna. Okay, any other questions or comments? session Hare Krishna Prabhu. Thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah. Anybody has any question? Uh, Hare Krishna Mataji, I was talking but looks like I was on the mute. So no, yes, thank Prabhu. you so much. Yeah. Thank you so much Prabhuji for the wonderful, wonderful class. This so nice uh, nectarian class. So Prabhuji was mentioning about the one has to raise above the mode of goodness. Can you elaborate a little bit more on that, Prabhuji? Yeah. So, as I uh, explained, so as these are the three modes, mode of goodness, mode of passion, and mode of ignorance. We all know when we are in mode of uh, passion or when we are in mode of ignorance, it is very difficult to practice the devotional service as we are uh, situated in that mode. Ignorance means we always in the slumber and then we are not really good in a good position either physically or mentally to practice, forget about the devotional service, even to practice the uh, instructions given in the injunctions given in the Vedas. Same thing is with the passion also because one is in the passion, they are always running here and there and then it is, becomes to follow the rules or the instructions. Whereas in one of one is mode of goodness and one can easily so take up the instructions. It's, that's why we see the Brahmanas are in mode of goodness. Kings are in mode of passion because they need to protect the kingdom so they are always has to be in mode of passion. 
and to protect and to administer and, and do the so many things. Vaishyas are in mixed mode, both the goodness and as well as the passion. <coughs> so the brahmanas are being in a mode of goodness also, as 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 I was explaining. Since we are in a mode of goodness and it becomes easy for us to follow the instructions, but at the same time. As you keep following instructions, this mode of goodness can bind us in a way that we are getting a pride that I am in mode of goodness and I am following these instructions and I am doing things nicely and that itself is the degradation for one who is in a mode of uh, goodness itself. And that's where the Krishna is telling Arjuna that one should come above these three modes. One should not be in any one of these modes. But then, yes, it is a, to some extent the mode of goodness is helpful for one to take up a devotional service, but one should strive to go above the mode of goodness, that is, in the transcendental mode of goodness, Suddha Sattva. Suddha Sattva, which is, uh, you are not, because these three modes, somehow or other attach or binds us to this material world. This whole material world is functioning because of these three modes. Does not mean that these three modes are only acting upon the human beings or the living entities. These three modes act upon all the living entities, including animals, including trees, including a prakruti. The even of uh, the whole creation is bound by these three modes, e including the day, is also bound by these three modes. Like, if you see, morning from three o'clock or two o'clock till uh, nine o'clock, it is a mode of goodness is prevailing in this time. That's the reason this time is very good for practicing spirituality doing japa, doing yoga, doing spiritual activities. This time is good. But from 9 o'clock onwards till evening 5 o'clock, the whole world is controlled by mode of passion. This time frame is controlled by mode of passion. So everybody is running for money and money and money and money, business, work, everything runs between these two timings, between 9 to 5 or 6. From 6 o'clock onwards, then people are going to the mode of ignorance. Go to bars and go to pubs and drink and then enjoy with the women, things like that. You go into the slumber. slumber. So, in, in any one of these modes, other than mode of goodness, practicing spirituality becomes difficult. That's where, if by any chance, if you could not complete your rounds by before 9 o'clock, it becomes so difficult to complete remaining rounds in the remaining portion of the day. It's so difficult because its mind is agitated, because it's controlled by mode of passion. And at the same time, in the mode of ignorance, then you feel like sleepy and then cannot do chanting properly. In between you go to sleep, 
So things like that, because that is controlled by mode of ignorance at that time. So if you if you go to see this out of these three, the first one is the best one to perform the spiritual activities. But at the same time, uh, that itself can bind us mode of uh, goodness. That's why one should be very careful not to bind by these three modes. So, but as we keep practicing a devotional service, one that actually that particular point comes in the next verse where he talks about I mean since Mataji gave me the seventh verse I was trying to read that verse and trying to uh, uh, prepare so that I can speak about that verse. He talks about in the last one is that even though King is having all the King Gaya is having all these qualities but he is prideless and that indicates that he is above those three modes. So, if, if you are <coughs> bound by any one of these three modes, then you bound to be having some of the, the qualities which can bind us to this modes of material nature. Like if you are in mode of goodness, then you think that, yes, I am doing very good, very nice, I am doing it. I am doing a devotional service, I am following all four regulated principles, I am serving my Guru very nicely. And that brings us the pride, and then when the pride comes, then there is a fall down. So that means we have been bound by this mode of goodness, even though it is helping us in uh, advancing in our spiritual life. So that's why one should be uh, going above this mode of goodness also. So one should be situated in a pure mode of goodness, Suddha Sattva. And whereas King Gaya is talking about Vishuddha Sattva, he is even above than that. I hope that helps Prabhuji. Yes, Prabhuji, very, very nice explanation, Prabhu. And elaborately you mentioned all the modes, how mode of goodness helps, but later on how we should not stick with the mode of goodness that will lead to the pride. That's so wonderfully explained. Thank you. Th th thank you so much, Prabhuji. <coughs> Anyone has any last moment uh, question or comment?